Welcome to yet another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Cameron, and I'm joined, as always, by my two co-conspirators of crimes, Leonard. Hello. Hello. And Dave. Doing those podcast crimes. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I don't want to insult our own podcast. I won't keep going with what I was about to say there, but... (laughs) It's a crime against humanity. No. No, um, don't insult our own podcast. <laughs> <sighs> I would never. I would never. We're trying um, to but build yeah, how, up a base, not destroy I know. It. Yeah, you were the chosen one. No. Um, yeah, so how is everyone doing this fine morning for you two, evening for me? Uh, Dave, how are you going? How's it's things? not bad, though. The weather is finally gone to fall, and that's... Mm. good thing because it's no longer 90 degrees outside but it just switched and now it's like 35 so there's no actual fall it's just the winter (laughs) we're just gonna do the winter now cold snap nice yep yep uh leonard how about you uh i'm good i just wanted to hold hold on for a second hi Mm. hi hi audience hi I, i i know i know i haven't been around a lot lately and that's because i've been very busy with work but but i want you to know that my big that daddy's big job is finally finished (laughs) and that he's gonna be around a lot more uh, because he'll have free time again so i i I hope you miss me because it'll make me real sad if you didn't and i come back but i i just want you to know that i'm here to stay no, no matter how many complaints you you send to Dave that he doesn't actually read on on <laughs> on the air, I don't, yeah, I don't air the complaints yeah. on the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm good. My game's done. Hopefully, Yay. I get a life again. Hey, Yay. hey, everybody. I, I, if if you are into into uh, discussions about monsters and also like to play the CODs, then you can check out my work by buying black ops 4 now on sale <laughs> at your local retailers should I'm, we um should we apply for a sponsorship to yeah, keep getting a sponsor for this. stop giving them free press <laughs> support leonard <laughs> buy the game <laughs> yeah ensure that i still have a job after the completion of mm. the game by mm. buying the game it's got battle royale now that's what oh. you kids like, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, it's what you kids love. So yeah, right. um, so yeah, support Leonard. Go buy Black Ops Four and start putting in bug reports as many as you can. Oh, as fast yeah. As you, can. Yeah, you know what? That's what <laughs> YouTube and 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 Twitch basically are right True. now. Just a, just another <laughs> bug reporting like option for us. But no, mm-hmm. it's really good to be back. I'm I'm glad to be yeah. chatting with you yeah yeah <laughs> fellas again cool. after uh, um what seems like forever because it's been time, a while time 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 started to lose all meaning at some point <laughs> oh no well you you found meaning again um and that meaning is uh, <laughs> a lovely saturday morning and <laughs> monsters yeah your saturday yeah. morning monsters mm-hmm. yeah take that yep. cartoon network um <laughs> please don't license it from us oh 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 i'm sorry like audience, everybody's excited to be back noise. yeah <laughs> oh my heart uh <laughs> no it keeps happening 
Even small cat children. Oh, it's raining and she went out in the rain and now she wants to to complain about her being wet from being out in the rain. Turn off the sky, please. (laughs) Oh, that's very cute. Um, Speaking of rain, I might as well talk about what's been going on down my end. Um, Spring is here, which means it alternates between being really sunny and hot and then suddenly just having a thunderstorm out of nowhere. Um, so it's been weird and I keep forgetting to bring an umbrella with me, even if it's really bright and sunny. And so I keep getting wet. (laughs) That's just, that's just life for the next couple of months until the heat sets in and it just settles to like a mild 38 degrees, full sun all day, slight breeze. It'll be great. I'll stay inside the whole time and do monster deer, monster related things, honestly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah that, that's that's what's going on with us we're back together guess who's back back again um and we're here with a wonderful fun-filled episode for all of you uh focusing on the black cauldron uh which is an animated film by disney 1985 i believe yes. and also the two books it was based on from the chronicles of pridane series i'm saying pridane right aren't i probably was it pride or is it Pridane or Pridane or something? I don't know at this point. Just go um, with it. I, I, yeah, I closed the pronunciation it. guide thing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's now, a now, fair point. Now, now, now mm. Cameron, I, I, mm. I, I hate to interrupt you, but yeah, you, no, you, it, you mentioned this episode being filled with fun. Um, yes. I can, I can, I can uh, question that statement because I just watched the the uh, black cauldron <laughs> for the first time yeah, uh, yeah. just just last night and mm-hmm. i would not i would not uh classify my experience as uh fun um well it was confusing we? it was confusing good how about uh, before so, we jump in we do mm-hmm. something fun first then okay yeah let's do something fun uh we have a wonderful box full of japanese monsters we're gonna roll a die pull one out and talk about it at some considerable length considering how much material we have to work with uh you guessed it it's time for yokai of the week insert audience cheering here dave don't edit that out um (laughs) yes overlay the cheers on top of cameron calling for the cheers (laughs) you will clap you will applaud applaud um no uh, anyway, so yes, for those of you who are just joining us today because you love the Black Cauldron, for whatever reason you're listening to our episode, uh, Yokai of the Week, we roll a random number generator. We have a big Wikipedia list of different Yokai to draw on and talk about. Uh, and we'll see what comes up. Last time we did the letter K, and because that is apparently a very popular letter in Japanese mythology, we're doing the letter K again because there's so many of dang K. <laughs> there's at least 40. There's at least 40, which is a lot. <laughs> um, and so, in the name of the moon, Dave, roll them. <laughs> 11. <laughs> 11. A low number. Is it a cat? A cat-like demon that descends from the sky and carries away corpses. And carries away right? corpses? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Oh, this sounds pretty good. So it's a normal cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so so we are looking at the Kasha or Kasha. Um, 
The Kashar literally translates to burning chariot or burning barosh. Barosh? I'm not barosh. Oh, it's like a little carriage. Okay. Um, it's a Japanese yokai that steals the corpses of those who have died as a result of accumulating evil deeds. Cool. <laughs> so there's like a little there's a little meter that fills. Is this the, the Fallout Karma meter that fills up? And if you hit max evil karma, you just fall over dead. I guess it's it, 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 it's 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 literally the curse meter. It's just <laughs> it's just the curse meter, actually. Oh my god! How much better would Dark Souls series have been if your when your curse meter is filled, you don't get petrified, but this cat just falls out of the sky and carries you away? <laughs> we can we can we can only hope for Neo too. Yeah, I was gonna say they just would have been a Neo. <laughs> True. Oh my god. That's that's a good neo enemy. Actually, I'm into that. <laughs> just a uh, just a game I... over screen. It pops up and yeah, carts you off. <laughs> oh man. Um. So who'd like to have a look at the summary for us? <laughs> uh, I'll yeah. Say... I was gonna say Leonard, if you want to start off, this mm. one has less Japanese than usual, so yes. should be okay. My 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 lover and nemesis, uh, Japanese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so, um, apparently there are yokai that would steal corpses from funerals and cemeteries, uh, and, (laughs) wait, and what what exactly they are is not firmly set, um, although there are examples throughout the country, uh, the, uh, true identity tends to turn out to be a cat yokai, uh, Oh, mm. it said that cats that grow old would turn into this yokai <laughs> and that their actual true identity is a neko mata. Yeah. So some kind of cat yokai. Yeah. Um, so we, we uh, Cameron, you and I, we both have big, mm-hmm. big worries to have. Yeah. Um, yep. My cat will devour me when I die as is right and proper. As um, as is a cat. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, there's, here's an interesting bit. Um, as a method of protect, protecting corpses from Kasha in Kamakuishiki Nishiyatsushiro District, Yamanashi Prefecture, that's a mouthful for an address, uh, at a temple that a Kasha is said to live near, a funeral is performed twice. And it's said that by putting a rock inside the coffin for the first funeral, this protects the corpse from being stolen by the kasha. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, we'll have the fake funeral first, obviously. The cat will descend from the heavens on fire, drag away the coffin. And then from behind these conveniently placed bushes, we pull out the real coffin <laughs> with the actual body. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like to as as a cat owner. I'm sure you mm. can you can relate, Cameron. I like mm. to imagine that the reason that there's no repercussions for this is mm. because because the yokai uh, uh, finds it a great toy because it rattles and shakes as it moves <laughs> about. Yeah, no, I'll I'll take that. That's canon. Now, uh, we'll we'll notify the Japanese embassy. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, in Yawatahama Ehime Prefecture, uh, you could leave a hair racer on top of the coffin to prevent the kasha from stealing the corpse. In Saigo, uh, it, it was said before a funeral profession, I will not let Baku feed on this, or I will not let kasha feed on this, uh, and that's chanted twice. 
uh, just before the funeral procession, I guess. You, I mean, if you tell a cat you won't let it do something twice, it won't do the thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, the absolutely thing. <laughs> that's absolutely my experience. It's not me yelling, mm. screaming at it for five minutes <laughs> the same word over and over again no no that's you just asked nicely twice um yeah. and and in the village of kumagaya atetsu district okayama prefecture uh it is said that akasha is avoided by playing a myobachi which is a traditional japanese musical instrument uh that actually sounds plausible yes <laughs> and the cats are not always the music uh, fans. Um, folklore describes Akasha as humanoid cat demons with the head of a cat or tiger and a burning tail. They are similar to Nekomata or Bakeneko uh, and often get interchanged with them. They are said to travel the world on burning chariots, stealing the corpses of recently deceased humans who are not yet buried or and who had been sinful in life. They bring the souls to hell. That's why they're taking the bodies. Okay, that makes more sense. That, yes. There's a reason. Yeah. I, I um, want... I wonder if uh, if uh, uh, um, the Elder Scrolls Kashyyyk uh, mm. originated from Whoa. this name. Sorry, um, I was speaking about thunderstorms happening suddenly. I think one just started. Ah. <laughs> I thought you were just hungry. Uh, no. <laughs> well, you've you've got, you've you've made it. You've added an extra level of spookiness to yeah, this apparently. October offering. <laughs> yeah, um, Dave, is there anything throughout the rest of this that you think would be good for us to know? Uh, uh, actually, the... keep going with this. I found a complete yeah. entry in okay. um, the uh, Hour of Meeting Evil Spirits book. Okay, let's. Mm, let's the rest of the stuff seems kind of irrelevant so let's look at kasha in classics hooray <laughs> um so concerning how in the manner of ueda echigo at the time of funeral a lightning cloud comes and steals corpses from the kitsu danshu <laughs> <laughs> in funerals uh, performed in yeah in funerals mm-hmm. performed in ueda echigo a kasha appeared during the funeral presence and attempted to steal the corpse it is said that this kasha appeared together with harsh lightning and rain. And in the book's illustration, like the Raijin, which is a lightning yokai, I believe, it wears a fundoshi made with a tiger skin and is depicted of uh, depicted possessing a drum that can cause lightning, which there is an image and it is indeed doing that. <clears throat> yep. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's riding, riding down on a storm, which is pretty cool, actually. Um <clears throat> I like how it's, it's stealing this corpse, but it just looks like the guy's alive. So it looks like he's just stealing yeah. some priest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, <laughs> Maybe to make him more dead uh, looking. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one, but this one looks good. Uh, looking at Akasha, getting sore at the waist and legs and collapsing from the Shin Chomonju, chapter 10, <laughs> Strange Events. <laughs> um, it was at the village of Myoganji near Kisai in Bushu. One time, a man named Yasube, who ran an alcohol shop, suddenly ran off down a path, shouted, Akasha is coming, and collapsed. By the time the family rushed to him, he had already lost his sanity and was unable to listen to anything said to him, fell asleep, and it is said that 10 days later, his lower body started rotting and he died. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so was his evil deed running the alcohol shop? Or Maybe. Was, it, was it announcing that the Kashuk was coming? Yeah, just just don't talk about it and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's it's uh, the sight of seeing or the sight of seeing one. The the act of yeah. seeing one is what okay, that sounds yeah. like since it says looking at Akasha. Mm. Yeah, yeah. God, that, that was a big lightning. Sorry. <laughs> just, it 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 it's unnerving to me because the flash just looks like there's someone right outside the study window like taking a picture or something. <laughs> so every time I turn it's like, is there someone there? And it's like ten seconds later, no, it's lightning, of course brain um let's see da, 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 da. this one also sounds nice akasha seizes and takes away an avaricious old woman <laughs> from the shinchamonju <laughs> chapter 14 calamities <laughs> uh when a feudal lord of hisen the governor of inaba umura and several others were going around the seacoast of Baizen, uh, a black cloud appeared from afar and echoed a shriek ah how sad and a person's feet stuck out from the cloud. When the governor of Inaba, when the governor governor of Inaba's retinue dragged it down, it turned out to be the corpse of an old woman. So it's like, so there's just a cloud, and they got a rope up there somehow. To, I guess. Um, when the people in the surroundings were asked about the circumstances, it turned out the, that the old woman was terribly stingy and was detested by those around her. But one time when she went outside to go to the bathroom, a black cloud suddenly swooped down and took her away. <laughs> to the people of that society, it was the deed of a devil called Kasha. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> oh, man, there's um, a lot, lot to unpack with that story. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just a government procession going around. Yeah. like, oh, look, there's some feet in that cloud. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's an old woman. get it down. <laughs> also, we hated her yeah. because she was so stingy. God's misers, right? That, that's not a an, an unbelievably petty reason to, yeah. to hate somebody. Well, I mean, mm. it depends on what she was stingy with, uh, particularly yeah, in guess. like an agrarian society. If it was something mm. that the village needed, and she's like, "No, it's mine." Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll finish the Kasha and classics with a uh, priest Kiritaka from the Hokuetsu Seppu. Uh, it was in the Tensho period at a funeral in the Uanom, Uanuma district, uh, Echigo province. A sudden gust and a ball of fire came flying to it and covered the coffin. Inside the ball of fire was a giant cat with two tails and it attempted to steal the coffin. This yokai was repelled by the priest of Dontuan, Kitataka, by his incantation and a single strike of his nyoi. And the Kesa of Kitagawa was afterwards called the Kasha Otoshi no Kesa, uh, the Kesa of the one who defeated Akasha. And the, pardon me, <clears throat> the, uh, the Kesa is the like official priest robes. So he's the robes of that guy who banished that cat demon for us, I guess. Uh, yes. Is the kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, Dave, what have you come up with for us in okay. your meantime of study? Yes. So we have um, Kasha. Translation, fire cart. Uh, and it has it's literally the characters for like fire and mm. a wheeled cart yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Um, habitat, populated areas, diet, fresh human corpses. So I guess it eats them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Appearance, Kasha are a type of bakaneko or monster cat. They are bipedal felines as large as or larger than a human. Kasha are often accompanied by hellish flames or lightning. They appear during rain or stormy weather and most often during the night. Their name sometimes causes them to be confused with other yokai. Kasha translates as fire cart, but they do not use vehicles of any mm. kind. 
<laughs> so they're not like the Wanyudo where they're rolling around trapped to yeah, a burning wheel. Yeah. Um, which is metal, but not quite the same as what we're looking for. Uh, no. <laughs> interactions. Kasha, being Makineko, often live among humans disguised as ordinary house cats or strays. Look out, guys. Mm-hmm. However, oh, they reveal their true forms during funeral services when they leap down from rooftops to snatch corpses out of their coffins. Their motivations vary. Kasha are often uh, are occasionally employed as messengers or servants of hell, in which they, in which case they are tasked with collecting the corpses off of wicked humans to spirit off to hell for punishment. Other times, they steal corpses mm. for their own uses, either to animate as puppets uh, or to eat. <laughs> okay. It is nearly yep. impossible to retrieve a person's remains after they have been snatched by Akasha. Um, mm. This makes passing on to yep. the next life very difficult. Uh, the best defense mm. is to be prepared. Temples in the areas where Akasha's prowl have devised unique ways of defend- yes, defending against these monster cats. In Yam- uh, Yamagata, mm. clever priests hold two funerals, which is with the Wikipedia yep. Art- yep. article mentioned. Um, first one's filled with rocks in Ahime Prefecture. They mentioned this one also. A head shaving razor may be placed on top of the coffin to ward against Kasha. In Miyazaki, mm-hmm. priests chant Kasha ni, um, Niwa Kuasen, don't be eaten by a Kasha. Two times <laughs> in front of the funeral procession. In Okayama Prefecture, um, priests, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, that's where they play the uh, Miyohachi. Um, which is apparently a type of symbol uh, used in religious mm. ceremonies. And I guess the little crashing noises of the symbol scares them away, which is uh, weird because they're riding mm. thunder clouds. <laughs> they're still cats, loud still noises, cats. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used like to see when they're, they're doing their thunder drum and they get scared. And they have to mm. come back down. Oh, no. They got scared by their own drum. Um, uh. Origin. Kasha were once ordinary house cats. Like other animals in Japanese folklore, as cats age, their tails grow longer and they begin to develop magical powers. Some turn into Bakineko. More powerful cats turn into Nekomata. Beyond that, some turn into Kasha. Fear of such demonic cats has long existed in Japan. Since ancient times, mm. folk wisdom tells us, don't let cats near dead bodies. If a cat jumps <laughs> over the coffin, the corpse inside the coffin will rise. Fears such as these have given rise to superstitious traditions, such as cutting a cat's tail short in order to prevent it from learning magic. Which I guess is why there's a lot of bobtailed cats. Yeah, that, I guess hey. I did not. That's a bit that weird. did not occur to me. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and then there's a little aside entry. This is fun, I guess. Um, mm. where's the cart? Is what this part's entitled. Kasha have a quirky name. It means the fire cart, but there is no cart. The original, <laughs> the original reading of this kan, uh, yokai's kanji is hinokuruma and does actually refer to a corpse-stealing demon pulling a flaming cart. The demon who pulls the hinokuruma is a kind of morio that carries the dead mm. uh, off to hell to be tortured. When the name Kasha was written down in kanji, the characters for hinokuruma were used for their phonetic value and because of the Kasha's corpse-stealing tendencies, so they've actually borrowed that concept from a completely different okay. thing um the kanji yeah. for murio has also been used as ateji choosing kanji for mm-hmm. meaning only without regarding to the reading to write kasha as murio mm-hmm. is a general term for corpse stealing yokai so there's a little bit that wasn't in the wikipedia entry mm-hmm. um probably so take that wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that was the most delightful yokai I think we've had in a little while. <laughs> yep. Just just a flaming cat that falls from the heavens to steal your body <laughs> because you've been bad. 
coming to steal your bag. Wow. Just bungeeing wow. out of a car, <laughs> out of a cloud, grabbing that coffin, <laughs> zipping back up. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Banging on those thunder drums. Banging on those thunder drums, leaving the leaving the body's feet just sticking out of the cloud for anyone passing by to see. <laughs> uh, going, going back into the cloud and deciding, you know what? I'm really <clears throat> proud of how I stole that corpse. Some Taiko mm. drum master just right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um yeah, uh, well, that was that was definitely fun. So there you go, Leonard. Um, that was Yokai of the week. That is do, and that do, 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 do. brings a whole yeah. new meaning to keyboard cat. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing. Oh my god! What if Bongo Cat is actually the? <laughs> oh man. Um, no, I love Bongo. We never, cat too we much. never see, they we never see evil. Bongo Cat's tail. It might be magic. Oh, oh no! Too long and magical. Oh no. <laughs> um yeah, anyway, um so yeah, let's move on. Leonard, you t- you say this was your first time watching the movie The Black Cauldron, this sort of compilation of the first two books in the Chronicles of Predane. Give us your thoughts. Can 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 we say that it was a, a compilation of the first two books? It felt um, like a compilation video to me. Because it it, it because to me it felt like um they were treating the two towers as as the fellowship of the ring because there's so much <laughs> exposition thrown at you and names mm. given for characters that you have have no oh this movie's baffling uh, but <laughs> i guess i guess we we should really start from the beginning so so dave Let's begin at um, the beginning yes dave Tell us about the Dark Cauldron because you are our resident um, literate man who can read, mm. who has the free time to read and watch movies. <laughs> uh. Well, in this case, I didn't actually have time to watch the movie. Um, I have seen it before, so my memory of mm. it's distinctly hazy. Um, oh, man. Like, okay. Like with uh, the Dark Crystal and um, mm. Labyrinth and Legend and Willow and yeah. all the good stuff yeah. from... Uh, some of our childhoods um i this was on you know uh perpetual repeat to where the tape just degrades and <laughs> can't really right. see anything anymore um you get to hear it though mm. uh so l- like that uh fuzzy tape my memories uh, are also just full of static <laughs> in regard i think to this <laughs> film um particularly because uh when i when i returned to read uh i was i was only able to read the first book uh, they are they are a little bit shorter, but just enough time to to get into the actual um, mm. Black Cauldron. So the the order of the books is Book of Three, and then the Black Cauldron, which is the sequel. Yeah. Um. But just from memory, uh, mm. I'm reading the book yeah. and going like, I don't think any of this happens in the movies. <laughs> like this stuff just <laughs> does not. Maybe some stuff from the Black Cauldron. Uh, mm. might occur but i even think that they they just pick and chose events and mm. slam them together um mostly because i know the trajectory of the film encompasses just the stuff that happens in the first book mm. so that makes it even mm. more confusing 
Um, the the first book, book of three, there's a mention of the Black Cauldron, like as a throwaway phrase, yeah. and then nothing uh, to do with it for like the entire book. Mm. Whereas I think it, it featured at least in one or two scenes prominently in the film. Um, mm. Specifically oh, yeah. it's, regarding it's the, like, the cauldron born. The, the, yeah. the cauldron is like the point of the film. I think yeah. nothing to do yeah. <laughs> with the book. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll find out when I'm going to continue to read these. They are um, entertaining, but mm. the, uh, the horned King in the book doesn't make it through the end of the first book. Mm. Oh, okay. So there's a lot going on, I think. Um, and we'll, we'll unpack maybe the differences between um, these two pieces mm. of media, because this is the first time that I've, that I think we've run across the, the, the novel of something, the adapt and the adaptation of the film being so different. Mm. Um, mm. And I don't recall as a child, the, the film being any kind of incomprehensible at all. But that may have that you know your young mind probably just glosses over. Oh, those are a bunch of names that yeah, you know it doesn't matter yeah, because they don't maybe. show up. Um, mm. And I um, I I mentioned uh, I guess off air uh, prior to the the, the us recording mm. this episode that I also played the um, there's an old PC game uh, of the Black mm. Culture that came out. Oh, I'd have to I should probably have looked it up, but it was probably around like eighty eight or eighty nine. Um, 1986 are we talking about the, the so they, uh, they must have published it at the same time as the or like a year after mm, the film mm, yeah vc era video game yeah yep yeah i just couldn't mm. remember. i mean i was little so i didn't but i did play it i mean i owned it um never got very far it was difficult because it was a sierra game um uh, yeah. I, I ironically enough it along with the dark crystal are uh, one of a handful of Sierra adventure games to be based on film. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They were pretty popular. The same thing with them, like, well, King's Quest wasn't based on films, but I played them at the same time. Right. I think in mm. Space Quest and Police Quest. Anyway, it's not a Sierra game podcast, but uh, <laughs> um, suffice <laughs> to say that the, the game, as far as I recall, was a... Was, as much as it's going to be, especially in that era, um, a good adaptation of mm. the movie, but mm. that makes it also a terrible adaptation of the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, because it's fresh in my mind, I will go mm. over, over, uh, try to be unbiased with, with, with my coverage of this movie which starts out with a narration about an evil king. How evil was he? He was so evil that he was thrown into a crucible of, of molten metal and his spirit was trapped within the titular uh, black cauldron. Um, mm-hmm. uh, also, he was so evil, the gods feared him because, of yep. course. Nice, um, nice. Uh, soul spirit trapped in black cauldron and uh, they're like hey we got rid of this evil king oh this black cauldron is also super evil and can just raise <laughs> the dead yeah yeah, yeah. Seems uh, right. I think we should hide this and then mm. the credits fly at you 
the credits assault you slowly mm. stock up to you and we're introduced to uh is it taran yeah taran 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 the 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 most disney princess of disney princesses the 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 <laughs> i immediately with the i want more um mm. he's uh 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 Sitting in the house of uh, of of his uh, like caretaker, like I yeah. don't understand the relationship because relationships aren't really ever kind of established in this movie. Yeah, he's his caretaker. Yeah, okay, there's not enough time. Mentor. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> going on there. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll get there. I think. They've got eighty. They've got eighty minutes to cover two books, man. They don't have time for interpersonal relationships. They clearly, <laughs> do not. Um, uh, and he's he's having his. I want to go see the world and be an adventurer. And Dalabin is that Dalabin? Yes, Dalabin is like you really kind of don't and you better hope that the horn king shows up doesn't show up and 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 taran is oh i i don't care about the horn king he won't i'm not i'm not afraid i'm a big adventurer and i'm not afraid of the horn king and that is uh, we're just gonna like let you do that voice the whole time that's a surprisingly good impression. <laughs> That's just going to be your podcast voice. That's great. I'm not. I'm not terrified of the Horn King. I'm going to be a great warrior. Uh, and 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 Dalvin yeah. says, uh, "Go out and feed the animals, including Hinwin, his very special pig, oracular <laughs> pig." Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, a magic pig. Something magic pig. Um, and Hinwin uh, uh, has an incident, and Dalvin is like, <laughs> bring her inside and shove her face into a bowl of water, so I can uh, look into the eye of Sauron and see what the <laughs> Horn King is doing. Surprisingly, he doesn't look back. <laughs> mm, when you peer into the abyss. Uh, 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 spoiler: He he totally looks back, and they have to like quickly shut off the. Uh, <laughs> have to shut it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull the power! Pull the power! Uh, it really is that. It really is. Take the palantir off the thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um. Uh. So. Uh. Uh, Dalvin's like the 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 Horn King's coming, and and of course uh, the entire time I've been saying, "Who is the Horned King?" And and the we movie, never find out. The movie refuses to answer. Uh, he yeah. tells uh, Taran to to take Hinwin um, mm-hmm. uh, away because the Horn mm-hmm. King can't get his hands on on her because he'll use her uh, pig vision powers to. <laughs> Um, to discover the location of the Black Cauldron, mm, who we only mm. know is an evil artifact because of the voiceover at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Taran uh, takes her and says, 
and continues to say, I'm not afraid of the Horned King. I'll be a big hero. And here's a vision of myself in armor and with a sword, but exactly the same age. Also, I just lost Henwin. And... <laughs> and and happen and 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 loses Hinwin, who yep, is immediately um, the most immediately <laughs> I've ever seen in in a mm. film. I think like mm. gotta gotta get gotta get this narrative going. So yeah, yeah, it. Um, and and um, they were just in a lush floor, forest, but you know um, um, it's fantasy evil, so it corrupts the earth around it in like a, a ten mile radius. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, just over a ridge, there's the a horned king stronghold. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, but before that, we are introduced to the horned king in a really weird scene like odd introductory scene where he's just kind of like talking to some skeletons and like <laughs> once i once i get the black cauldron i yeah i'll raise an army and and rule the world and yeah it's, it's a really bad introduction uh especially yeah. because he actually gets a, a like what seems to be a proper introduction after mm. his initial yeah. introduction yeah, I, I kind of liked that initial introduction just because I absolutely 100% misinterpreted it and thought they were going for the moral gray area. Because, you know, he, he's like, I'll raise all of you again, my faithful soldiers. I'm like, does he actually care? Is this a villain with yeah. aspirations to bring back people dear to him? No, no, he just wants he just wants skeleton army. Yes. Um, he's just evil. I shouldn't have um, expected anything more from a Disney movie. <laughs> and, 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 Horn King is is evil. He's got he's mm-hmm. got a bad uh, case of skeleton face. He's got uh, the the horns. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, green skin, green skin, always. Green skin. Uh, uh, long, dirty, cracked fingernails. Check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hood with horns. Check. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, tasteful for a collar mm. on yeah. his on his robes. Um, but yeah, just like. Uh, like like the most villainy villain like yeah. Baron Baron von Evil Face uh puppy kicker mm. uh yeah. is uh, like, what we're going with. Yeah and so, pretty much. He's like he looks like a lich. Yes. Where I put it at. Yes. Which Dave, is he meant to look like a lich? You have the book experience here. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> like it's completely different <laughs> in the book. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff okay? that's utterly different. Is good, is good the horn? Oh, is the horn king just some dude in the book? Um, I've just looked it up in the. He's a dude article. with a mask. He's <laughs> described as he's described as a huge man wearing armor except for his arms, which are naked and stained crimson, a red cape, and an antlered skull mask. Yeah, oh. he's a man with a mask. He's, just, he's not this weird lich. No, thing. he's got an like iron mask <laughs> with some horns on it. See that actually sounds cooler. Yes, actually. than what we got. <laughs> Everything's uh, a little bit more metal in the um in the book. It's yeah, a little, a little odd. There's a, there's already love- like bazillion discrepancies. So just keep keep going with your rendition of <laughs> where he's going. It's good. Um, hey, 
Dave, this movie is metal. This was the first Disney film to be rated PG. Oh, yeah. I saw this in the theater. Like when it, I mean, I I vaguely, (laughs) this may have been one of the first movies I saw in the theater. And Mm. I like, I loved it. Mm. I still Mm. like, really like this movie. I just haven't watched it in like 20 years. So yeah will it hold up don't. i don't know i'm <laughs> i'll probably go back and watch it again but i do need I to read say, the don't second spoil book. it for yourself but yeah it's too late participating in this podcast he's spoiling <laughs> himself yeah um, true so yeah we yeah. get we get the horn king's mini intro yes and then we fast forward back again to Hinwin's kidnapping oh yes we also have to um we have to uh uh, talk about um um the uh the movie's um uh worst aspect uh Gergi, <laughs> or as i like to refer to him primordial uh uh Smeagol and jar jar um, ah i went with a uh, nudist ewok in my <laughs> internal monologue he's also got he's got a he's also got, even though he's some weird <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh man even though yeah. he's some really weird like mystical furry animal creature he's mm. got like a man's head and that man's <laughs> yeah. head is basically just a caricature of albert einstein yeah and- yeah <laughs> god <laughs> You're making the movie better when if I talk better, by the way. Thank you for this. <laughs> um, oh my god. Um and he's got the he's got the worst oh. voice. Yeah, he's, he's got the bad voice, the voice that you, you hate. Um he is explicitly like a Schmeagle, but mm. he is but because he's and crunching. Oh my god, you need to oh it's so bad. It's uh. the worst. Uh, you like the munches and crunches. Oh my god! Oh my gurgies! And, and like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you were friends with Gurgi and brought him onto the podcast. I can just I, call I, him out. I, 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 I take, I take the evil spirits within me, and I trap them. <laughs> the evil is defeated. It's trapped inside this game developer. <laughs> and 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 some, sometimes I can call them for my own purposes, mm, but they always apparently. live inside me. Uh, and so Gergi's trying to steal an apple from from Taryn mm. and is like, you, oh, you, you, I need to find Henwood. And Gergi's like, <laughs> I need the bunches of crunches and I want the apples. <laughs> and uh, that sequence goes on for way too long. Um, mm-hmm. and, and eventually Gergi gets the apple because uh, Taryn <laughs> is just tired. And then Gergi's mm. like, Oh, he was my best friend. And this isn't sarcasm. This <laughs> yeah, is, this I know. True. They mm. they have no relationship. He just mm. tried to steal something from him, but now they're best friends um because this movie is like traveling to another galaxy and how fast it's trying to get through its plot. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's apt. <sighs> So uh Terran breaks into the uh horned uh horn king stronghold and see this is where the the book discrepancy between the horn king and and movie makes sense because mm. he's just got dudes working for him. 
yeah, like a bunch of Viking Visigoths or something. <laughs> yeah, like in terms of style. <laughs> yeah, and <coughs> excuse me, they've got a they've got a they've got a um, they've got a belly dancer with a tambourine. Oh god, I forgot about her. I watched this film like three hours ago. I forgot about her. I, oh, I did not, sir. It's hard, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to forget about a woman that animated. Um, that is true. Um, <laughs> but it's, and, and, oh god, what's his, what's the Horn King's, like, like Oh, Goblin? Yeah. It's a creeper. I yeah, believe is the name. Which is like the only freak He's got two. Yeah, the rest like, are just normal guys. Like they're just guys, and except for him, and I don't like. Is he supposed to be like a, like a goblin, like like a fair folk kind of thing? Does he or have like, like one big eye? eye. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got one big eye, one little eye. Yeah. <laughs> He's into um autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and he and he gets his fix from the Horn King at every chance. Sorry, this is like Look. so much funnier because like none of this is in the book, like nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, here okay. you go. Yeah, this keep keep going. Here. So, so Creeper is is uh, like trying to engage in like the the revelry because there's revelry going on in the mm. dark. Um, uh, um <coughs> excuse me again. Here's the thing about this sequence that feels like it should have been the Horn King's introductory sequence, which mm. is. That previous scene with the Horn King clearly took place outside of his stronghold because he mm. appears here, like as if he's just returned from being somewhere because yeah. his, his men are partying and enjoying themselves. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got your classic Disney like signs of evil is coming, cold wind, mm. candles blow out. Big fart, cl- evil fart cloud appears, um, uh, and, and then he and, teleports in as a bolt of lightning. Yes, <laughs> which is pretty great. Yep, this is good villain entrance. To be fair, yeah, it's, this one. it's great. It should have been the first scene that we see the Horn King in, but instead it comes like fifteen minutes into the movie. Um. Uh. Yeah, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who knows? And the Horn King, and Horn King shows up. He sits on his throne. Creeper brings him wine and is being the, 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 uh, the Gurgi to the, mm. gir- the, the Horn King's Gurgi. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and, That's a uh, bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. Horn King's Gurgi is is is. Don't search that name on the internet. Um, yeah, no, continue. Please. Um, and they're like, "Yay, we got this pig that you've been searching for." Um, mm-hmm. we yeah, don't know for the pig for all of like half an hour. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how you got it. Or how you knew that it was a thing, 
what your relationship to uh, Dalbin is, anything, mm. but you got the you got the pig, and he's like, uh, now we're gonna make it show you the vision, and they put down the evil bowl that's got the red liquid that kind of looks it's got like the alcohol blood. in it, yeah, to make yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> Shove that pig's face in that booze. Uh, get get all of the visions. Um, and Hinwin uh, uh, just won't do it. Um, mm-hmm. And and Creeper is about to brand her. Uh, and whenever I see scenes like this, it's mm-hmm. always they're not going to seriously injure anything uh, mm-hmm. because they need the thing that they're threatening to kill. To, to, mm. to, for their evil plan to work out, that they're, they're they're never gonna kill it. But of course, uh, Taryn um, Taran yeah. is no, don't hurt her. I'll make her. <laughs> I'll make her show you where the black cauldron is. It's hey, like women. magic. It's yeah, like magic. How are you doing that? Oh, it's I've <laughs> I've been doing weird. I've been doing weird voice. <laughs> for a long time it's a it's a it's, yeah. it's a painful aspect that i hide uh mm. i've been hiding for for a while but no <laughs> i'll i'll sh- show show him where the where the dark where the black cauldron is and and the horn king is like uh yes yes show me more more <laughs> i need to know where it is and and then he's like like stalking behind like Taron mm. and Henwen and and looks like he's going to then begin choking Taron for no reason. <laughs> um and that uh frightens Taron, which then splashes <laughs> the booze onto the horn king, which who begins to melt like the wicked witch of the west for yeah, maybe it was like a bowl of holy water or something. It for made some me, goddamn uh, reason. It, it Who knows? Me, it made me so angry. I was like, "This, the, the, why did this chase sequence even start? <laughs> what, what power does the liquid have over the horn king? Is it like, yeah, like the headless horseman? He can't cross bridges. Well, I, I don't understand why the, the sizzle and burn is." Yeah, it's like, was it just a bowl of acid? Why did you have that? <laughs> At, but clearly not, because Saran was fingering yeah. and, and mm. I, I, oh, I, I was so upset when this yeah. chase happened. Mm. <laughs> oh, so then a chase happens. Yeah, and, and, it's, it's and, a chase. And, and, and Taran is useless, but he manages to throw Henwin off of the castle. Um, yeah, uh, to to safety? Question yeah, mark. Just throw her into the moat from like two hundred feet up. She'll be fine. Yes, and and of course he's then captured by by mm. Creeper of all people, proving that Taran is a big whiny loser that can't do anything and constantly messes up. Mm. Mm. Um. At least for the moment, he's been he's 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 bad and zero at this point. Hasn't managed to do anything <laughs> anyone asked him to. Mm. Um, and uh, the Horn King, of course, is uh, is is uh, now kill him because he's ruined my plans. Oh wait, no, he's uh, throw him in the dungeon for reasons. Mm. 
I'm, I'm, but I, but I'm super evil. But I'm totally not going to kill this kid. I'm just going listen. to in imprison him. Listen, he's paying rent on that dungeon. He has to get his use out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is this, yeah, princess. Is this the uh, real life? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cam, you're. I'm. I'm gonna. Can I? Can I? Can I pass yeah. it off, off to yeah, you? Yeah, I'll. I'll take the baton. Um, we get introduced to our next actual main character, Princess Elonui. Elonui is <laughs> French. Sounds French when I say it. It's meant to be Welsh. <laughs> Tongue work. Elonui. That's better. More more emphasis on the end. Um, she shows up an actual competent character because she's partway through escaping. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, she shows up inside Taran's cell. She like just lifts up a flagstone from beneath and is like, oh, hello. I guess you're a prisoner here too. Uh, are you a knight or a warrior or a king or anything? Like, no, I guess you're useless. Um, <laughs> and um, her, her particular gimmick that is never used again after this is she controls a magical bauble that can fly around and make light. <laughs> um, and as soon as you leave the castle, that is never mentioned or used again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently that's why the Horned King captured her was because he thought he could use that to somehow locate the Black Cauldron who knows how <laughs> yep uh, Theron's like oh that's why he wanted my pig and she's like, she's like yeah sure okay sure whatever um, please leave you know, me alone <laughs> please leave me alone um, they, do, they do your standard dungeon crawl trying to escape without being seen they find a tomb beneath the bottom of the castle uh and Tehran fulfills his lifelong dream and picks up a sword. And it's a very magical sword and his shiny sword is important. Um, his and, lifelong you know, dream of looting corpse. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and they, uh, they continue their escape and find being apparently strung up to be ready to be tortured. Uh from from the Wikipedia article, the comical middle-aged bard Flew de Flam. But um yeah, so his gimmick appears to be that whenever he tries to tell a lie, his like little harps breaks one of its own strings out of pure anger at him. Um yes. and, and uh, that is the only thing his character appears able to do. Um is be the worst version of Pinocchio. Um, but you know, they, they begin to free him anyway. And in the middle of freeing him, they are caught by the enemy. Uh, and it turns into a proper chase again and they're running and they're scared and, you know, they get cornered and Tehran has to defend himself with the sword. And it turns out the sword is just, it's, it's a magical sort of destroy weapon, <laughs> destroy, <laughs> destroy metallic object sword. Um, as he, you know, he blocks an ax strike and the ax just basically blows up and everyone's like, Oh, very scary. Uh, don't attack the child with the sword <laughs> and it's a chase again you know he spills three giant barrels of wine and just wastes it <clears throat> completely covering you know a small corridor with it um they get all the way out to um the big drawbridge because it's a castle it has to have a big drawbridge they throw the drawbridge down and away they run off into the sunset this merry band <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you know, there's a little bit of interpersonal things going on. There's like they're mad at each other for whatever reason. Um, Tehran seems convinced that Elonwi is useless because she's a girl, which 
thanks 1985 Disney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they they are reunited with Gurgi, uh, so they're up to their full party of four. Um, which of, uh, of, I don't of, know what they're of which only really. one is use, useful. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the it's not the one you expect. It's Gurgi, the one no. able to spot tracks on the ground. Ugh, oh, I know. I... Uh, they pick up Henwen's trail follow that until they get sucked into a whirlpool down to where the fairy folk live because this is like welsh and celtic mythology fair folk which are just little tiny people who live underground right um and uh, half of them seem to be voiced by like really young children in the most annoying possible voice ever leonard please don't um (laughs) (laughs) um Let's see. There, there's the cheerful elderly king Adelig, Adelig, of the uh, the fair folk, who just straight up tells them where the where the black cauldron is because of course. It is. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's, he sees a chance to get rid of this troublesome engineer who keeps breaking their whirlpool secret entrance. So hands off, Dolly. The, the engineer fair folk onto them. <laughs> Party keeps growing. Um, they go to the marshes of Morvar, um, and the fair folk uh, they 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 drop the pig at this point. The pig is never seen again. So I can only assume that the fair folk ate it instead of safely taking it back to Dolben like they promised. Um, <laughs> uh, they go to the marshes and find out the cauldron's being held by three witches, uh, one of whom is really into Fluter. Like it's it's really weird. They keep turning him into a frog and back into a person over and over again, and it's just, that's just got to be confusing. A lot of weird fetishes developed in yeah. this movie. Oh, I'm um, sure. I also kind of yeah. like that the witches are like both proto the um the mm. the fates from Hercules and yeah. also and also proto the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, um, that's actually a really good way to depict that. <laughs> like yeah that's that that's those that's witches. what they are they're yeah. weird they're weird sassy ladies that are also kind of monsters mm-hmm. um yeah uh basically the witches get their eye on this cool magical sword of destroying things and um agree to trade that for the black cauldron uh and they never go back on their bargains but they always bargain they never give up anything for free and so Turan very regretfully gives up the sword and the witches just tornado suck their entire giant marsh house away um, yep. and then appear and appear from the clap clap from the clouds and go now 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 uh, the cauldron will only ever be deactivated if a willing innocent throws themselves into it to die and everyone goes what <laughs> <laughs> and they said look you have the cauldron, it's in your possession. We never promised that you'd be able to use it. And then they just fly off on their merry way. <laughs> Thus teaching you a valuable lesson of don't trust old women who live in the marsh. Um. Uh, one, one thing I do really want to point out, though, mm. just um, is, is that this movie is actually really gorgeously animated. Oh, yeah, it is really pretty. It is really well done. Um, it was one of their first to start using CG, apparently, to help mm-hmm. blend things around. Yeah, and it actually turned out pretty well. That like there's weird stuff where in so- sometimes just for a few seconds the characters are really rough line drawings, yeah. drawing, but most of the time it's really smooth and very cool looking. It is a gorgeous movie. 
no matter how weird and and wacky and fast paced and not particularly well put together it seems um right. <laughs> um yeah i just i just because you know we've been kind uh we've been okay i've been kind of rough on this film mm. Um, but I do want. I it does have some value as an animated feature. It's oh yeah, a, um, <laughs> and you know, just for people that aren't aren't aware of of it, like because you can easily assume mm. that it's some like maybe predates the the Disney direct to video <laughs> in terms of quality uh, animation. But no, this is yeah, a no, really no. pretty film. Yeah, no, Disney Disney spent the money on this. Um, oh, w- w- this is the fun fact. This is also known as the film that almost killed Disney because um, <clears throat> it was officially budgeted at $25 million, but the director said it actually cost about $44 million and it took in $23 million domestically. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was not it was not a huge success at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they but, also vaulted uh, it for like ever so you couldn't get a hold of it. Um, oh for yeah, quite a long time. They did not want this out there. Yeah. Um, so you can't yeah, make well, your money back if you don't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, you know they've got the black cauldron, even if they can't actually destroy it or anything. Um, <laughs> and then the Horn King soldiers show up, arrest everyone except Gurgi, who's useless. Yeah, um, <laughs> and just take the cauldron. Um, <laughs> because it's it's the classic bad guy trick of if you just follow the protagonist for long enough they'll show you the evil artifact eventually yeah exactly (laughs) works out it's perfect um and you know the horn king gets straight to work he takes one of his valued soldier corpses raises it over his head like he's suddenly very very strong and just hucks it into the cauldron (laughs) um and we get a pretty cool sequence in which the cauldron born are created which um it's a lifeless skeleton you throw it in the cauldron and suddenly it's an alive skeleton hooray for the undead um i think in the books he might have had to like put each one in individually but in this he just (laughs) throws one in and then it just like spills this mist out that animates all the others it's like it's like ectoplasm they look like they got a good slimer um going on <laughs> i really i really do love the i really do love the idea of the horn king putting every single one of those skeletons <laughs> into that cauldron <laughs> like having to create Man. a process to get that like get that up and mm. run. now let's see if i get if i waken four of them i can have those four start putting four in <laughs> just go from there just automate this process yeah, um, yeah, but no. Instead, the, the, the yes, as Cameron said, the cauldron spews out fart gas and awakens all of the all of the skeletons. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot. Um, yeah, uh, to to cut a long story short, short Gurgi sneaks in, frees everyone, and Tehran is like, "Well, we've got to stop this," and is about to throw himself in. When we have the emotional climax of the movie, Gurgi says, "No." Tehran has many friends. Gurgi has no friends and just casts himself <laughs> into the cauldron. <laughs> and then, you know, you get the classic, no, and everything. No, no Gurgi, no. Yeah, there we go. Exactly like that. <laughs> um, which is the truest statement that Gurgi, Gurgi's made the entire film. It isn't yep, yep. fact true. He, he has no friends. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> he takes Gergi, <laughs> Gergi takes the coward's way out. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm absolutely kidding. Mm. Yes, Please. yes. No, I yes. No, like, yes. yes. Don't, don't question for us. <laughs> don't throw yourself, well, except, don't throw ex- yourself into the cauldron. <laughs> un- un- unless, unless you're a little furry freak that has Albert Einstein's head on. <laughs> Very specific. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so all the cauldron born immediately collapse. Something's wrong with them, <laughs> um, <laughs> says Creeper. And it's not my fault. Um, yes uh and the the cauldron is sort of freaking out at its imminent destruction it would seem it's thrashing around it's doing this weird black hole gravitational pull thing and Tehran is nearly pulled in and then the horned king comes and sees Tehran being nearly pulled in and says well we can we can make this easy i'll just throw you in and is then just sucked in himself because Tehran was holding on to something and the horned king wasn't and i just <laughs> guess thought he was strong enough to not get sacked in, sucked into the vortex of fire and blood and evil i'm not sure what was going on there um but it ends with this really weird shot where he's just sitting in the cauldron and turns into a skeleton and then just yeah. like disintegrates it's just like he looked like he was in a hot tub for a second um uh, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, my arch nemesis is about to get sucked into the engine of this plane let me run to him so i can push him <laughs> into the engine of this plane oh no yeah. mm-hmm. oh no um and you know the um the cauldron is now sort of dead and inert and the three witches come back to pick it up because it's useless to to all the gang now so they might as well have their cauldron back uh and (laughs) and um fluta pulls the whole we always bargain we never give anything for free line and you know for basically morally forces them into giving them something in return and like oh yeah i guess you can have the sword back and taran goes it's a very cool sword, but you know what's cooler? My little nudist Ewok friend, Gurgi. <laughs> I didn't care about the sword. I want yep. Gurgi. Yep, yep. Um, and the witches are like, back. yeah, the witch is like, no, he's dead. It's impossible. And you go, your witches, really? Prove it. Um, at which point, God, what's like, I love a forceful man from the uh, the witch that was into Fluter. Oh, <laughs> yes. God. Um and they bring Gurgi back to life. And then he and then Gurgi plays his true role as the wingman and makes Turan and Elon we kiss. <laughs> and then they go back home and um Dolben and Dolly are watching them in a vision as they go back home, sort of everyone holding hands. And Dolben's like, he's a true hero, even though he was a pig boy, and we have a happy ending. <laughs> God, what a weird, wild ride that was. There was one thing we didn't mention, which was um the like the wyvern dragon things the guathaints oh yeah they were called um yeah they they just have like evil fell beasts as well as an aside (laughs) they don't do a lot in the movie they pick up the pig at one point that's about it yep (laughs) and that's the black that's the black cauldron it's a it's a weird wild ride but it is as mentioned visually super good to look at uh so I, i feel it's worth looking at if if for nothing else for that if you can if you can live through Gurgi, if you feel you can get through Gurgi and Creeper, it's worth watching, I would say. Uh, now, Dave, tell us exactly why everything we just said was wrong. It's all wrong. 
None of these things happen in the book. <laughs> or at least not in the order that they've been um, ascribed no. to. Okay. Uh, well, I'll try to do the, the Reader's Digest version of, of this the mm. Book of Three. Um, I have a suspicion that some of these events happened in the second book, The Black Cauldron, which, of course, I have, yeah. not, have yet to read. Um, mm. But I can definitely go through the, the majority of this film plot why I, I don't know the arc of the film occurs in the mm. book of three so they yeah. got some of the stuff correct uh anyway okay so we start off with um taran he's pretty much the same um the the, the version of him you get in the animated film is roughly yeah. what exists in the book he's wants to be a hero but he's instead uh but nothing more than assistant pig keeper to uh dalbin at uh, at his mm-hmm. little home in Cardalban, uh, one large difference we find is at the at at Dalbin's little uh, hut. Uh, Taran is also he's like not only the assistant pickkeeper, but he's the assistant blacksmith um, to Cole, who mm. is a an older warrior, a huge like balding muscle man that. Uh, just forges like horseshoes in general, like stuff to use around mm. the um the place. I guess you know nails and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the uh, Taran's you know um, aspirations as hero. You know he wants to forge things cooler than mm. like a horseshoe. He wants to make a sword, um, mm. and learn sword fighting and do hero kind of things. And uh, <laughs> both Dalbin's pretty much been putting the kibosh on that and saying no you just need to yeah. like stick to what you know and grow up first i mean that's the, the, the <laughs> yeah. very young yeah. um and the well the the book itself is called the book of three because there is a large tome that dalbin's in possession of which kind of relates the history of Pridane, but also um some of the more like magical aspects of the, the world around them and the, the book itself is magical. And uh, as Taran, whose thirst for knowledge knows no bounds, um, he's not content to sit in his daily, like he's literally getting daily lessons from this wizened sorcerer uh, mm. who's, you know, drip feeding him this knowledge in like a, a reasonable rate. Mm. Like the stuff he needs <laughs> to learn is is spaced out appropriately, but uh, that's not enough for uh, our, you know, our yeah. trepid young hero. And he tries to take a sneak peek at the Book of Three and, like, gets all his hand burnt up. Um, the, From what I recall, the film itself was not, I wouldn't say it was violent, but it's darker than general Disney fare. It's it's more in the vein, I think, of, um, like, how uh, mm. Sleeping Beauty, I think, was portrayed and, and that sort of aesthetic. The, the book doubles down on that. It's pretty violent. Mm. Um, there's a lot of murdering and uh, crazy things happening um all of the characters uh aside from Tehran are fairly accomplished at like killing things um <laughs> and that's that's wasn't what i expected but is nevertheless like appreciated um this this mm. book reads uh i would say it's equivalent to like fellowship of the ring like that's yeah the the level of that's given to the detail and the mythology, mm. um, the world building, it's 
it's aimed at younger audience, so it's not quite mm. as cumbersome. The book itself isn't as long. Um, but a lot of the same events kind of happen. There's the same character archetypes. So Tran, uh, again, loses Henwen in an abrupt fashion. She just like, <laughs> she, she digs out of her pig pen and just runs off into the forest. Um, uh, the difference being in, in this book, uh, the whole thrust of the book, the whole quest he's on is to, is to find Henwen. Mm-hmm. The, the black cauldron is like a throwaway mention one time yeah um <laughs> and the you know the book opens with the loss of henwin and ends with like the recovery of, of the oracular pig um mm-hmm. one other difference is um her fortune or something really fortune telling is she is able to see future in, in like doesn't really give you a specific criteria but she can see fairly far um yeah, and she uses uh, not like a mystical viewing puddle or dish, um, mm. but um, these like fortune telling sticks. Like you toss mm. them, and she can read the fortunes and somehow convey that to to Dalvin. Um, she doesn't talk, thankfully. <laughs> that would be <laughs> even weirder. Um, so he, you know, he runes off on his his uh, makeshift adventure because really he's just trying to go get the pig because Dalvin said, Hey, we need to get her to tell a, a particular mm. fortune. And I feel that, um, danger is drawing near. Uh, it turns out that Henwin, uh, her powers of foresight work just like all the time. So she knows when mm. she's in danger and she is arguably slightly smarter than like a regular pig, but, um, <laughs> she just runs off of her own accord rather than being protected by any of the people there. She's like, if I just leave, mm. I can run away from, you know, what's going to be chasing me. Uh, it turns out that the, the horned King and his entourage, um, are after, of course, um, Henwen for her oracular powers, I guess, to find the black cauldron. Again, it's not mentioned. Um, he wants her for some reason. We'll just attribute that mm. to wanting to find the black cauldron. It makes sense. And um, on Taran's quest to, to locate the, the pig that's way faster than he is, uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, he runs into uh, this wandering kind of vagrant um, who turns out to be uh, the son of a, or I guess he's a, a high prince um, of, of the, the realm. Um, basically he's an analog for like Aragorn. Like it's almost, it's like a one-to-one mm. thing. He's running yeah. around and his beard. That's a hood. <laughs> he's really good at tracking things. Um, <laughs> he's actually, you know, a seasoned warrior. Um, and he's just, it's not that he's looking down on Turan, but he's realist. I mean, he can look at him and go, okay, yeah, you're just a, a mm. kid from the sticks. Um, he does earn some measure of respect from, um, so this is Gwydion, uh, because Taran is at, um, he's an understudy for Dalbin, so that gives him some mm. kind of weight. He's not just an assistant big keeper, you know, he's specifically uh, yeah. being taught by Dalbin. But um, they're tracking after Henwen and they run afoul of. Uh, the Horn King's troops, he's just kind of sent them out. Uh, what what I think they're depicting in the animated film with the uh, just the normal human 
mercenary looking dudes under in, in the Horn King's employ. Um, mm-hmm. In the book, what he's done is he's recruited um, the the land of Perdane is is filled with um mm-hmm. they're they're not specifically kingdoms, but it's just a bunch of like states. Ah, and yeah, okay. the, there's a whole area I want to say it's the southern group um, of states that he's basically pulled under his command. And, you know, saying that, hey, if you join me, we'll just take over the whole of Pradane and you'll be granted like more like larger lands to to rule over. Right. Um, then that's okay. what those are. Those are um, they're not technically mercenaries, but they're just dudes from other kingdoms that he's just pulled into his um, army against, okay. against the high king of um, Pradane. Mm. Well, his army is just kind of rolling around and he has. um help in the form of Akren. She's a former queen of the, of the country and has thrown her lot in with the evil lord of Anuvin. Anuvin is like the land of death. And <laughs> it's uh, it's in a different realm, but uh, the the lord of that land, Aran, is um, he's making his move to take over Perdane. So the, the Horn King is basically just a a high-ranking warlord in his in Aran's army. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, and as such, his ranking is similar, I think, to Akron, what she's performing in her duties mm. of uh, just kind of... She has her own castle called the Spiral Castle, and uh, it doesn't get into, like, what she's doing. She's just kind of, like... I wouldn't say peacefully ruling, but she's just chilling in her castle. Mm. There's like no overt malevolence other than she has Cauldron Born working for her. <laughs> um, it's it's a little ambiguous. I think that it gets into it as the book. There's there's not just two or three books. It's like five, five or six books in the series. So mm. there's a lot more time that's given to these characters, um, at least the ones that survive um, the first book. <laughs> um, so they're not um Tran and uh Gwydion are actually captured by um Akran's forces or mm. i guess the the Cauldronborn they think are part of the um Horned King are actually Akran's Cauldronborn or the one she's been um they've been like distributed uh by the the dark realm to you know the specific warlords like he's they only have i guess a limited amount of uh, cauldron born and they just kind of spread them out to you know whoever needs them but um, <laughs> okay. yeah so they're they're taken they're they're captured by akran and akran is if not in love with she's at least in lust with um Gwydion. and mm. she's trying to convince him that they're um you know the, the dark lord is encroaching on the land and soon everything will be you know under his possession and it would be to your best interest Gwydion, to like throw your lot mm. in with us like i'll give you um all the love and all the power that you still have uh but you'll just be mm. able to keep it you just gotta like you know be my king instead um Gwydion, uh, of course does not agree with that and so she has him uh, along with taran tossed into the the prison um, this makes a little bit more sense than I think what happened to the film. Um, mm. And this is also where we uh, run into um, Ailan Wee. Um, okay. Who is, she is a relative of 
Akron. And mm. her family has sent her, um, I guess it's like when you send someone to like a nunnery. She sent her here mm. uh, to train under Akron. So Akron's a fairly powerful sorceress in her own right. And mm. uh, Ailanui has that in her blood. She's able to learn magic. So she's yes. sort of imprisoned in the castle. She can't leave. Um, but she has her run of the castle, basically. Um, so she's training there. And she, uh, like in the film, she just kind of, she's just bumbling around in the, through all the um like under passages and all the weird crypt mm. places in the castle she can just crawl around with her little bobble because it lights the way and that way she doesn't have to roll around with a torch because it just wouldn't work as well yeah um but she she uh sneaks in and finds taran imprisoned and taran it's the same kind of attitude where she's more capable than he is at this point specifically um, mm. he's not good at really anything um other than he's kind of good at getting people together like people will sort of follow along with him like they agree mm. with what mm. he's trying to do maybe <laughs> not how he's doing it um, <laughs> he's got the power of project manager yeah <laughs> like not a great project <laughs> so what ends up happening is um he sort of begs her to like get him, set him free he's mm. like if you if you're here but you don't really agree because she doesn't um Alanui doesn't really like her aunt or whatever the, the queen's relation yeah. to her is um she, she can see all the creepy cauldron born rolling around and thinks the magic's not like she wants to learn the stuff but maybe not like for the reasons that Akron is <laughs> using it uh so she agrees to um help or to, to like, help she's like off yeah I'll, I'll set you free um, and I, your friend is in the next cell over. So if you want, I can maybe get him free too. And um, so Tehran escapes with Ailanui, um, and we find out that uh, oh no, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the king or the prince um, Gwydion in the next cell. It was our buddy Fluterflam. <laughs> and all of this because Tehran did not he like refused to um describe what his friend looked like uh, it kind of comes down to he didn't want to reveal um Gwydion's presence in case uh mm. um Elanui was like a spy I guess right so he didn't fully trust her because she just showed up in the, the prison under a flagstone um and she has a spooky glowing bobble <laughs> but uh when they're escaping like the, the castle they um end up because they're just kind of going through these catacombs and even Ilanway doesn't really know where every, all the paths lead because she's just kind of mapping it out herself but uh what happens is they they tumble down a wrong passage and end up in um, a barrow so this spiral castle wasn't Akron's she took it over um from from an, uh, an, an ancient king and this is the, the barrow they find is the ancient king's um, burial ground. And uh, he's buried. It's sort of uh, it's that idea where they, the king is buried with all his servants and his um, specific treasures. So there's a bunch of skeletons mm. kind of chilling around the, um, the the burial casket and they all have weapons. And the, the king has this, you know, great sword laid across his chest. And 
Tehran sees like the sword and he's like, well, we shouldn't bug um, like <laughs> these. They're buried for like a reason with the king, but we need weapons. So I'll just take one of these little swords and he grabs like one of the small swords from you know one of the just a general warriors and um they're 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 leaving and as they're kind of making their way out of those catacombs um they they kind of get stuck and uh or i guess specifically alan we get stuck and he turn is like trying to pull out of this collapsing hole before you know it crushes everybody and um he, he finds that the reason she's getting stuck is because she also wanted to have a sword and why would you just grab the little one when you could get the huge cool one so she took like the king's sword um, <laughs> because it looked better, and mm, uh, in doing so, it was it was basically um, being used as the um, linchpin to hold the castle together. Like just the power <laughs> of the sword was keeping everything together. So when she removed it, the whole castle just, uh, castle just collapses and kills everybody, like everybody else anyway, um, mm. or so they're led to believe. So like the castle just crumbles in on itself and it's very large so it uh murdered a lot of people because there was people other than like the college important that were just servants in the castle um they flee and run it they 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 find the the horse that she'd kind of secreted away um uh on this hill and of course this is the part where Taran gets super mad at her because he's like you just didn't free the guidians you killed him you like left him in the prison and you just let out some old man instead like who's this old guy and um, mm. we find out that uh, uh, Fluter is a, a wandering um, bard, and he was yeah. he was captured because his music um, was like terrible. And Aquin, he was he was there just to cheer her up, and his music was bad, so she stuck <laughs> him in the prison instead. Um, whereas I think in the film, the magical harp was supposed to also look for the cauldron. <laughs> I think that was the implication, <laughs> but that's mm. that's not what they cared about here. Um, he just sucked at music, so they all have to. Um, they're just looking for the pig at this point, and shenanigans happen. Um, I'm trying to think of it. There's nothing like else super major. Uh, we did. We uh, ran into Gurgi a little bit earlier. Um, he pops up a few mm. times. He's a little different. Um, in the book, he's larger. He's not okay. bigger than a... He's not quite as big as Tarani. He's maybe like half the size. But he's big enough that if he like got his hands on you, he could kill a person. He could <laughs> just try to choke um, Tarani at I'm least not sure once. if that makes him better or worse. It makes him more frightening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but again, in this, he's effective because he's the one that finds like half the stuff. He's like good at tracking things. And he always... he in exchange for munchings and crunchings, he'll go out and like scout the terrain and he mm. he'll go listen um, to what the soldiers are saying and kind of find out what's going on. So he's probably again, um, one of the more useful characters and considerably far more useful than Tarant ends up being. Um, they eventually run into the, uh, the fair folk as in the, as in the film um, it, it goes a little differently. There's a lot more of the the mythology point to where they were supposed to like never leave uh, the Fairfold Kingdom. Like when you go there, you're like you can't you can't come back, you know. And they didn't go there on purpose. Um, they uh, 
So when they're tracking Henwin, they find this little valley, and um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy in uh, Lord of the Rings. It's Tom Bombadil. Oh, uh, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's a dude they run into that's basically a stronger version of Tom Bombadil. It's Medwin. And he he just has this valley full of animals, like two of every animal that he brought there on a giant <laughs> ship. <laughs> and um, he's ancient and been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, but what he what he does is they they thought Henwin would go there. And mm. um, he he says that, yeah, Henwin should have come straight here like every animal that isn't in any kind of trouble just comes to my valley and you can't get here unless i like let you in um the the it's like enshrouded in concealing mists and weird passage you can't like get there unless he says you can show up in the valley so they're basically safe from any um like the horn king or anybody else and even if the predane falls to the evil kingdom like the valley will still be protected for at least for a while um he's like that powerful but he gives them he gives them a map uh that will let them get to um i don't remember the the town but it's basically the the high king's um mm. castle because uh um the horn king's on the march and he's gathered all these war bands but no one knows and um the, the prince gudian was supposed to be going with him to go tell everyone that hey the army's on the march and they're going to come crush everybody so they have to kind of put aside the quest for to look for the pig to go instead warn the king. And that's like what they're going to go do. Mm. And Medwin draws that's a map, but like just in the dirt. And he's like, remember this map? Like, don't go like follow this path and you'll get there. If you go the wrong way, you'll be able, like lose several days of travel. Like you just won't be won't make it in time. Mm. Everybody's be dead when you get there. Um, yeah. So, of course, they they follow the they're following the map as best they can. And Taran's like. Oh, look, there's this little valley with a lake. Let's cut through there because that looks way faster than these cliffs that he's making us go on. The cliffs are difficult and like everyone keeps almost falling off. Um, mm. Well, that valley of the, with the lake in it um, ends up sucking them into the whirlpool and they go down to the fair folk. And initially they think that they're just going to be like stuck there forever. Um, but it turns out that the fair folk had um, protected Henwen when the, the Gwithanes were after her originally mm. uh that's why oh well, i guess i didn't mention it but um gudian was tracking henwin like really well and then he they, they came to a river and he's like the tracks are gone i don't know where she's at and the they, she'd been spirited away at that point so they convince the um fairy king to kind of let them go and take henwin so they can go warn the king because um he's like the if you you guys are protected from most of the stuff down here but once um, Anuvin and Aron take over Pedain, uh, you, 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 you'll suffer too. And if you mm-hmm. leave, if you leave us stuck here for like seven years or whatever it is, um, it'll be too late, you know, by that time. So the the, the fairy king like lets them go, and he gives them um, Dolly to guide the way. Uh, and in this case, um, Dolly's uh, ineffectiveness is in his family's trait is to become invisible um but he Mm. doesn't he's not able to do that but he's good at like everything else like he's just really efficient worker um he's very powerful in in crafting things but he he doesn't have any self-confidence because he can't turn invisible 
Um, yeah. So he's like made to do all of the like the dirty work because he's mm. just good at everything. So the king's just always sending him on stuff. And he's like, go, go do that, Dolly, because you're just better at it than everybody else. And so why should anybody have to work if you can just do it yourself? So he's basically just the king's errand boy. Um, and they all form their fellowship and um, eventually uh, surpass the armies where they run into Gwydion again, um, who it turns out wasn't killed in the castle because he wasn't sent to that castle. He was sent to a completely different castle. Uh, one that like you're supposed to, like if you get sent there, it's like the worst torture imaginable. But if you, if you can resist the tortures at this one castle, you become like a saint. It's super weird. Like it doesn't, um, just it doesn't really explain any of it other than when he comes back. It's kind of like Gandalf, when he comes back as Gandalf the White, it's just way more powerful. Nah. Well, Gwydion hmm. survived the torture, comes back, and he just can he can speak to animals. He can like, just, I don't know. He just like took ten levels in power up. It's crazy. <laughs> and it's just because he survived some torture. Like, all right, sure. I guess you're even cooler. Okay. <laughs> and now Turan's like completely outclassed by everybody. Um, it turns out that uh, Ilan we can do some like minor sorceries. Um. Mm-hmm. Fluter is just really good at murdering things. <laughs> it's like it, it's really crazy. Um, Gurney, mm. I think, is killing people. It's just like the murder crew, and then Taran's just kind of there, providing like moral uh, support, making, yeah. making everyone Come look on, better. You can do it, guys. Just yeah. rip their heads off. Play <laughs> their flesh. Here's your munchings and crunchings. Uh, yeah, it's Gurgi, um, the heads taste like apples. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um I think one thing that he uh, one the one thing he does contribute is he's very compassionate. Um he's not good on his own, but he's good at like helping other people be their best. I guess that's his thing. He just he's the he's the buff. The party buff. Walking um, <laughs> party buff. Yeah. Oh, so no. he he had rescued earlier um, a Gwythaint that they he found like in a thorn bush. Um, and to everyone, like everyone's telling him, don't touch it because the the Aran, they're they were once like regular huge birds, and then um, the Death King like kidnapped all of them and raises them from eggs and curses them and does these terrible tortures so they only listen to him but apparently this one is just like a hatchling so it, it hadn't been utterly tortured yet mm-hmm. and um yeah because uh Taran heals it up um he, you know he's not utterly useless he's uh he's good at like general forestry and woodsman skills like he can find herbs and knows how to like make poultices and do like he's being raised by Dalvin he's not He's going to be good later. Mm. He's just in the middle of, you know, if he wasn't so insufferable in his attitude, he'd probably be fine. Um, he just tries to overreach, you know, himself like all the time. Um, yeah. But uh, he does heal this one good thing. And just because um, it, it flies off eventually and they're like, we told you so mm. you can't put it in a cage and all this nonsense. And he's like, they're the good things are the eyes and ears of Aran. You, you've like left it with the party and we've been talking and like, it's just going to give all that information to the, um, like the horn king he's just gonna know we're coming um mm-hmm. but what it turns out uh is it it runs into um uh, gwydion who can talk to animals now so he like can understand the gwydain and was given the information that they have henwins they're safe and also that the horn mm-hmm. king is coming so he rides ahead um 
tells the king. So the armies are prepared for battle against the um, the Horn King. Also, he magically learns the the true name of the Horn King. And <laughs> if you know the true name of any of these like super strong enemies, uh, all you have to do is say it and they die. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have to hear you say it, but I mean, as long as you're close enough and just yeah, say it, yeah. um, because he he pops up as um, there's a giant battle and um, trans attempting to wield the super powerful sword against um, mm. the Horn King, and uh, the Horn King's just beating him down, um, and then just explodes. You're like, what? <laughs> yep, yep. He's like, no, don't worry. I, I, knew, I knew his true name, so I just said it once, and he died. <laughs> it's super like anticlimactic Jesus. like what um <laughs> wow and i think the, cool, the, the, of the boreal valley yeah <laughs> all done that was way easier than i thought it was gonna be um so what it what it turns out with the sword uh the entire time um ilanwi's mostly she's carrying it and she won't let anyone else have it because there's a um she can read like part of the inscription on the um the uh the scabbard and it says uh you know, it's like who, whoever wields this sword needs to have the blood of the kings. And um, if they like, if you try to unsheath it, something will happen because like that part of the writing is all like smudged. Um, mm-hmm. And when Turan can't, he, he's tried to, he's taken it from her a few times. And he's like, he's a little, little jerk. He just keeps taking. He's like, I'm the guy. I need to have the sword. Um He's like, you, you can't have it. You're a girl. And she's like, you can't have it because you're not a king. But he, he, I think the sword he had broke. Um, it mm. gets broke really fast. So he's like, throw me the, throw me the sword, the, the super sword or whatever. And he, you know, he takes it and he's trying to smack people with it. Cause he can't, he can't unsheath it. Mm. It's like too yeah. powerful, but he can unsheath like a little bit. And so at mm. that point is when he he he, cle- he gets it like a few inches clear of the scabbard and it does this crazy fire shoots out and like burns him. He's always getting hurt. Mm. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, the, the, the horn king explodes. So initially you think it's because he opened the sword a little bit, but it, you find out no. Um, they just said his name and murdered him um, from afar. <laughs> it's like so crazy. <laughs> Um, and then it turns out that the Gwydion, of course, can, he's a high king, so he can just, he's like, oh, thanks for bringing the sword to me, because it's super powerful, and we can use it to fight um, the Death Lord. Um, he's like, it's a good <laughs> thing you didn't pull the sword out all the way, because you would have just, like, turned into ash and burnt everything. You would have killed everyone on the battlefield if you opened the sword. Oh. So, <laughs> it's, like, way stronger in the book. Um, but there definitely, there's no trading of it for the black cauldron i mean maybe that happens in the second no. novel there's no witches <laughs> um there's not really a black cauldron and i guess since this is a monster podcast we would be remiss in not actually describing mm. the cauldron born so in the film they are those yes. generic skeleton, skeleton dudes well in the yeah. book they are i don't want to say they're zombies they're kind of like zombies but they're immortal <laughs> so it looks they just look like regular dudes mm. and they don't talk I think they can if they wanted, but they just are silent. And that's part of their um, thing that makes them terrifying is they're immortal. Mm. You can't hurt them like at all. You can slow them down a little bit, but they just like regenerate and they look like people. Um, They just look like a little bit pasty. Um, Mm. Because I guess their their origin is um, they're 
I think they're alive when you chuck them in the cauldron. They get boiled, die, and then mm. are reborn as <laughs> Im- immortal, bloated, waxy dudes. Um, but they won't like they're like terminators. They don't stop. They just keep going. Yeah. Uh, you don't need a whole lot of them because they're immortal. Um, but their one weakness is they can't be too far from the lands of the dead um, before they have to return. Their power diminishes by distance. Um, so they're they've tracked like the, the the party a few times, but they they end up just having to like stop in the middle of their chase, just turn around and walk back. <laughs> like, right. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but you don't know how far they can go, so you're. Always mm. just having to like their um Tehran and everyone is just constantly like fatigued because they're tired trying to you know keep going and they're just yeah out yeah. in the rain and their horses are getting tired with the cauldron will just keep walking so it's actually a pretty, pretty effective and frightening yeah. enemy um mm. Mm. the 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 book ends with the, uh, them as the film with them returning to um Cardalban. And since uh, the castle that Ilanwi was staying at is destroyed, um, Akren is, they think she's dead. Um, and Ilanwi says her parents or her family that's surviving the center there, like, they're not good people anyways. They're like, look where they sent me. <laughs> they, they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> um, she says she has nowhere to really go, and she ends up um, staying at Cairdalban with um, Taran and Cole and Henwin. Uh, and then Gwydion just goes back to his kingdom and dolly just goes back i think gurgi just does his own thing because he's gurgi <laughs> just wanders off but uh yeah that's that's in effect what happens in the, the book of three minus mm. a few events that don't really matter too much i guess in the scheme of things <laughs> but yeah, yeah you can see this is considerably different than um what yeah happens in the film, in the yeah movie. and this also has like so much more context Mm. It's, it's like the same arc but it's very different details uh, yeah yeah and I'll, I'll have to read the second book to go like what what did they pull <laughs> i mean did they just pull the idea of the cauldron mm. i know i remember reading parts of it and it was like the witches and the cauldron so that stuff happens just not yeah. in the way that it did in the film and they definitely there's no like huge enemy other than iran who you don't see he just mentioned so the horn king definitely is i mean he's a he's a thing in this but like the cauldron mm. it doesn't really matter in the end especially right, when it yeah. just exploded <laughs> i guess yeah oh man see now the only problem is i gotta read these books now they're short i mean it was like 200 pages, yeah. maybe but that's time it is time. I mean, like, I, I had to read this and not watch it. I was like, I can't watch the movie if I'm reading the book. <laughs> I nope. don't know. Nope. can't put it all in. Uh, oh, well, I think that's about it. We don't have any other bits to cover within no. either the film or the book. That should be it. Uh, I just checked, just in case we don't have any feedback. It's okay if you want to give us feedback. We'll let you do it. Yeah, just, and, like, again, you can send it to us, like, it. later. Yeah, like if you have yeah. if we'll, you end up reading we'll this back. or watching it um send us in stuff we'll we'll just address mm. it in a future episode yes yeah absolutely um but yeah so you can find our lovely podcast on twitter at mon underscore d monster um as we just said send us feedback either before an episode airs which we usually 
send out word of what we'll be covering a week before or so. Or if you've listened to one of our episodes and want to say something, just just send it to us. We love to get feedback on the rare occasion that it occurs to us. Um, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me ex- pretty much exclusively on Twitter at sentinut underscore plus. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Leonard, yourself and your many works. Yes, you can find me at Dr. Faust is dead uh, um, on Twitter. And you can also find me on YouTube at uh, Dr. Faust is dead, www.youtube backslash C backslash Dr. Faust is dead. Um, I will not speak like Gergi in my videos. <laughs> I will not speak. Uh, I do not do voices, though I am actually gearing up for a uh, uh, live recording uh, playthrough of uh, Team Cherry's Hollow Knight, where I will be doing live commentary for the very first time so you might actually be getting some voices uh, if you if you uh uh, see that on my channel and decide to give it um but yeah (laughs) that's me that's where you can find me Mm -hmm. and you cameron (laughs) yes sorry my brain turned off for a second i forgot (laughs) that i still had to say things to finish the episode uh you can find me on twitter at night underscore twitten um i also am on another podcast at that's realm and rune if you're into games workshops various range of tabletop uh or literary products uh myself and former uh co-host of this show matt uh we run that um we're in kind of a lull at the moment because matt's just had a kid and all the delightful running arounds and difficulties that come with that uh but we'll be settling back into our usual rhythm soon uh so if you want to listen to us feel free of course we won't stop you um (laughs) uh with that i hope everyone's enjoyed this episode listening to it i've certainly enjoyed being part of it this crazy wild ride of ours uh (laughs) the film that almost killed disney um and we will see you all in the next episode ta-ra bye